0: All right, this is round two. (laughs) So most of you are like, what in the world is going on? So we thought we had gone live because I had the controls, and this is why I don't have controls. This is why Justice does everything, not me. But she was a little late getting to the show, so I'm like, okay, I can do this. And and No, no, I, I done screwed it up. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for being here. I am your host, James the Patriot, to another episode of the Justice Revolution. Look who I found!
1: I know. The long-lost
0: so prodigal me. daughter. She so returns. returns. Erica is back with us. Erica, tell us what has been going on in your crazy world. You
2: know, I'm telling you what. Um, homesteading is a real deal here. We just <laughs> we moved on to our 34-acre property, and that has been just a major, major process of gathering everything that we had scattered all over the place and organizing everything, and then Um, A good friend of ours passed away, died suddenly, Mm. and they auctioned Mm. off all of his stuff and we ended up getting a bunch of it. And so then we weren't expecting to sort through more stuff, but we just have been sorting and sorting and, and moving and setting up infrastructure for the animals and getting the gardens in and bringing in heavy equipment and, you know, just you know, clearing paths and all the things. So it's been, wow. it's been a lot, a lot, a lot. And we just got internet. So way exciting.
0: I know. Cause I sent you, um, <clears throat> I sent you a text yesterday, I think about going early. Cause obviously today is Wednesday. It's not Friday. So I apologize wow. for those of you who are expecting us, um, uh, on Friday, I'm not able to do our show this Friday, uh, or, or next Friday for that matter. Next week, I'm going to have to be off. I've got I've got some things I got to get taken care of, but um, I wanted to get this out there. I wanted to fill everybody in, so I'm so glad Erica's back with us. We've really they missed you.
1: Too. Yeah, yeah we've really
0: missed you. We've we had some good fill-in hosts. Um, so Justice has had uh, her co-host from her podcast, Crashing Justice. Crash has oh, joined cool. us a couple of times. Yeah. So and and I really think we need to to bring Crash on more because I I really like her opinions. Yeah um, you know, she, she and her husband are both military. Um, she was injured, um, from one of these things. So, and that's not recently, recently, years ago. And so she's uh, a very good advocate for, um, people that are in that world. And anyway, just love having her there. So we're we're going to pray. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, Crazy, 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 crazy. So yes, last week, you guys. I apologize. I was out. Uh, the wifey and I just celebrated 20 years, guys. Wow, that's great. Can you freaking believe that? 20 years. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't even know where the time has gone. I mean, that, <clears throat> this this is what is so crazy to me, right? So I was young. My wife was younger. She was 19. I was 21. Right. So we have now been together longer than she was alive. <laughs> when we married? got married. <laughs> wow. That is what is just crazy. And you know, I I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, did did life seem like it just took forever? Yeah. Like I I think about all those times like, you know, growing up and all the experiences we had and and it's like that just seemed like it was the longest amount of time ever. And then here we are these last 20 years and I'm going, where in the world did all of that time go?
1: Yeah. Summers took forever as a
0: kid. Yes. I mean, and I love that. I mean, mm-hmm. cause you had nothing to do. So like you'd wake up, you'd eat breakfast yeah. and you'd do some chores. Now if you're Erica's case, you got 35 acres of, of stuff to manage. So that's not going to be the case. But for someone like me who was just living in a neighborhood in, in suburbia USA, it's a little different. I mean, if you're, if you're building the little house on the prairie, that's another story. So yeah, summers
2: your go time. <laughs>
0: I wish I had 35 acres. i tell you what, my <clears throat> my son got a dirt bike for Christmas and man, we'd be driving all over the property if that were the case. So,
1: mm-hmm. well, but anyway, Indianapolis. what's that? Make your way to Indianapolis.
0: Well, I know that's, so I've heard it's nice this time of year. <laughs> well. So justice, what's new in your world?
1: Oh, same thing. Very busy. Um, yep. You know, my daughter's taken on a new endeavor that we're wrapped up with horses. She's learning mounted archery, so she's doing archery on horseback. Oh, mounted
0: archery! Mounted, yeah.
1: So there's only one group in Utah that does it, Um, and then she's got yeah. So it's pretty cool, but we so we have to drive almost two hours on Saturdays for that, and then be at the barn all week. So that's great for me because it gets me away from the computer. And who doesn't love hanging around? What girl doesn't love hanging around horses, right? Seriously. That's yeah. kind of we've been wrapped up. And then, of course, my gardens and quail and chickens and things like that. So the summer's busy.
0: Yeah. Busy yeah. Swimming. And Because you finally uh, you finally got all your snow melted, right? So you can see your front yard again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Insurance came. Oh. $90,000 estimate for wow. my. For your roof? Water damage. Not even including the roof yet.
0: That doesn't include the roof? Oh, my gosh.
1: My front stairs got taken out. Um, wow. they sat under ice, the deck, it was so heavy where it fell off an area that it cracked the beams under the, the deck, uh, the interior damage. It's crazy, crazy.
0: But- you know, <clears throat> seeing all of that snow and now you, now you kind of have an understanding of what the Donner party must've gone through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thankfully we didn't have to resort to, uh, eating each other, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well, we're not out in covered wagons. So, we, you know, I
0: know. I know, but they, they were saying with the amount of snow that we got here, it, it was, I mean, record breaking since they've been keeping records, but you know, it, and for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, the Donner party with the ill-fated party that was trying to make their way to California, um, they got held up in the Sierra Nevadas and there was like 15 or 20 feet of snow and it was just a really sad thing. Look it up. Look it yep, up.
1: Yep, yep. So you should know about it. They should have taught that in school, but
0: they should have, but there's a lot of things they should have taught about in school, but they haven't. Right. Yep. yep. So, aren't we learning? Yes, hence
1: why um, I my kids out of school eight years ago.
0: Yeah, I know. God, I mean, it's and 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 it's getting to that point. I I think this this upcoming school year is going to be an a, an eye opening school year for the school officials, school districts. I'm not just speaking here locally; I'm talking across the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we seeing? in these mm-hmm. schools,
1: grooming, indoctrination, communism. it's
0: disgusting, absolutely freaking lo- like they used to, they used to hide this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They used to like, they were doing it, but it wasn't like, so out in the open in your face. They're just, you know what they're hedging all their bets. They don't care anymore.
1: Yeah. There was something on the news. I just read this morning. I think it's <clears throat> Albanian Americans. <laughs> Literally went to toe. they were protesting the sexual grooming of the pride nonsense at their kids' school, and mm-hmm. they to protest it. So Antifa showed up to defend the grooming, of course, of and course. brawl, all out brawl in the streets and whatnot.
0: Yeah, Literally and the that's
1: whole thing. So I don't know the details, but
0: we want nothing of that.
1: It's happening. The parents are finally standing up, and finally, yeah. that's going to take. So yeah uniting just as our thing said united we stand divided we fall yep don't let yep. them unite us doesn't matter what country you came from if you came here for peace and you came here for what america offers you uh not communism you need to stand up and protect it yeah that's yep. the bottom line we're all american
0: well and that and that starts with protecting protecting what is ours right our, our property our homes so that's hence the uh, title of today's show, Mortgage Fraud Part Two. That's French for two, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> Mortgage Fraud Two, Fraud by Non Disclosure. We're going to talk about that because again, Alphonse is huge about this. And and a couple of uh, quick plugs. Alphonse just did another episode on Crow Triple Seven Radio for those of you who listen to Crow Triple Seven. Uh, he filed his long-anticipated property property tax lawsuit. Uh, it's 97 pages long. Um, it's very, I mean, you can get lost in it. <laughs> it's very, very long for obvious reasons. And in his case, you know, you got to look at what's been happening to him and the history between himself and and the County where he lives there in in Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, so he was on Crow triple seven talking about that. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, actually, what's today? Wednesday. Monday. I did another episode with Sean on the SGT report. Uh, Matter of fact, I am I was fortunate enough to be on with uh, Randy Kelton. You guys hear me talk about Randy all the time. Yeah. Uh, So Sean was interviewing Randy and he he asked me to come on as well. And and we had a really good conversation about a number of stuff that that episode hasn't published yet. Um, My and I suspect Sean will get that out before Friday. There was some editing he had to do with that. There was a few bloopers. We know about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, that'll be interesting when those, when those come out. But the, the thing that, that Alphonse harps on that really hit home with me when I first started my journey through all of this was something that Steve Emerson told him. And he said, you have got to get the government out of your life you have a right to be left alone. You have a right to live your life. You have a right to liberty and you have a right to seek and and pursue your happiness as you see fit so long as it doesn't infringe on anyone else's rights. So what are we seeing? Are we seeing that today? You guys, justice Erica is, is, are we being left alone?
1: Not by a long shot.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's different to some degrees, depending on which state you're in. But for the most part, no, we are not being left alone. We are hounded year in, year out, year in, year out on a multitude of different things. I'll just give you some examples. Car registrations, car taxes, right? Insurance, property taxes on your home. Erica, I don't even want to know what they're going to try and charge you for property tax there. 35 acres?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta get um, ahead of that, don't we?
0: Well, we do. So, <clears throat> I have another little gift that I'm gonna give everybody. So I hold here in my hands. You guys can see this, maybe. Oh, oh! Pull it back. Pull it back I, by your mm-hmm. head. There we go. There. Yeah. Let's go right there. Tort claims notice. Okay. I have a packet, for those of you who are listening, I have a packet that's full of about um, 80 80 pages. I went through Alphonse's property tax lawsuit and I rewrote it for my purposes. Now, I've never been threatened with a tax lien sale. Um, They've not created uh, fake liens against my property, but they do still send me tax bills. They expect me to pay them and I have been paying them. So we, every single one of us has a right to live in our property free of governmental intrusion. The only time that the government has any authority to send you a tax bill is if you are registered with the state and you are doing business on a particular property. So for example, the property that McDonald's owns and is operating, that is the property tax and that is what that was meant for. Remember, guys, there's only there's only three types of taxes. i will move my fingers over here. There's only three types of taxes that the Constitution, the federal Constitution, allows: duties, imposts, and excises. Duties and imposts have to do with uh, imports and exports of goods. An excise tax is a privilege tax. So your sales tax cut, falls under that. Um, you know, from the buying and selling of goods, a sales tax there. Um, Privilege taxes for being able to uh, operate a business, right? Because a business owes its entire existence to the creation of the state. So the state has all of the rules, has all of the laws surrounding the creation of a business. If you choose to open up a business and you go that route, okay, now the state has has the authority to tax you. Your business, I should say. Well that's but questionable
1: they, too, isn't it? Yeah. If well, it's
2: registered, if you if you sneak um, if it's not a private membership.
0: There you go. There's a number of different loopholes with that, and I'm not going to go down that road. Right. That's an excise tax is a privilege tax. Okay. So you're you're granted the privilege of doing something. So let me ask you guys this, Erica. Did the did the state of Indiana grant you privilege to your life? Nope. No? Mm-mm. Did the state of Indiana create the land, the 35 acres that you just bought?
2: Pretty sure not. I wasn't there, but I'm gonna guess no.
0: Okay. So there is there is a multitude of history to support that. Yes. <laughs> that this land was here long before the creation of the state of Indiana. Um did in that case then, so what privilege is the state giving you by you living on that land?
2: Exactly. I've had the same question all along.
0: There, 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 there isn't. Okay. So that's what, and I, and I will, okay, here's the thing guys. Every state is different with how this works. So Alphonse just chose to go straight to federal court and file his suit. That's his prerogative. You guys can do that. I'm not saying you can't do that. Um, what i'm choosing to do i'm choosing to 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 go a route that i'm going to talk about today which is the death by a thousand paper cuts (laughs) so research your state's laws every state has some type of a tort claim law so you have an issue with a government employee a government agency they have done something to deny you of your constitutionally secured rights or they've caused you some property damage or anything else like that. Every state has some type of a tort claim law now here in Utah. So this will apply to justice and and I'm going to give this to her. This is my little golden nugget for her is in Utah. There is a law that states that you have a right to submit your claim to the clerk of the town or the County where your claim arises they have 60 days from that point to either approve the claim or deny the claim. But they must give you something in writing within 60 days. What? If they choose not to, then you can sue them in court. You were going to say what? something?
1: What yes, what claim?
0: Any claim. So now the claim has to be based in law, right? So here's let me tell you where where this comes from. Okay. What these counties are doing by charging every single citizen that lives in, within their geographical jurisdiction property taxes is they are they're committing fraud. Right. They are creating fraudulent tax notices, they're creating fraudulent tax liens, fraudulent tax bills all in the all in the name of generating revenue for their for-profit employer which is the corporation of the county of whatever. Okay? Now, here's something interesting, you guys. Do you think that the government can make you homeless to fund the government? They try. <laughs> Does that make sense to anyone? Wait a minute. Do you, you really expect me to believe that the founders of this country, the founders of my state, when they put together the state constitution, gave the state the authority to throw me out of my home? all in the name of funding the government, that is asinine. Absolutely freaking lutely not.
2: The government is existing for one reason only, to protect our private rights. So
0: Exactly.
2: Not Governments
0: are instituted among men to protect these rights. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson Declaration of Independence. Okay, so getting back to what I'm talking about. Here in Utah, there's the tort claims notice under the Governmental Immunity Act, That if I give the agency notice, in this case, I'm going to drop this packet off later today. If I give the agency notice, 60 days, and they either A, choose to ignore me, B, write me back and tell me your claim is without merit, or C, actually pay the claim, which would be the best thing of all the three. But if they choose to ignore all three of those, I'm going to march myself down to the federal courthouse and file my lawsuit in the federal courthouse which now becomes public record. Imagine the snowball this is going to create.
1: So share, uh, share with us your claim. What are you claiming?
0: All right, so here's how this works. How do, you, how do you calculate damages? Damages are calculated in a number of ways. You have actual damages, you have compensatory damages, you have um, statutory damages, and then you have punitive damages. So actual damages, what I did there is I went back from the time I bought my house here to today and I looked at all the tax records, all the years that I've paid, those are my actual damages. Now my compensatory damages are, what if I were to not pay these? What would happen? If I didn't pay them, the law says I can go for four years without paying property taxes. At the end of those four years, the county can hold a property tax sale. What did we just recently see? There was a decision from the Supreme Court. And and by the way, I take issue with this stupid liar that represented this lady because they went into court arguing the taxpayer side of things. They should have gone in a different direction. But the Supreme Court recently ruled. um, I'm trying to think what state this was in. I want to say Michigan, maybe. I don't remember. Don't hold me to that. They recently ruled where the state sold this woman's home. She was like 80 something, 81, 82. They sold her property for unpaid property taxes and they were able to sell the property for a couple hundred thousand dollars. They kept all of it. They didn't just take the deficient property tax that, yeah. amount, they kept they it all. all. Do.
1: They all right? do. The bankruptcy is everything.
0: So, but what the Supreme Court ruled is that no they are not allowed to take more than what the actual property tax debt was. Thank goodness. But even still, there's one more thing. You now lost the total value of that property. So let me give you an example. Let's say in this woman's case, I think they sold it for a couple hundred thousand dollars. What if her actual cash value of that property? If she were to sell it on the open market was $500,000. And the County comes in and takes that away from her what compensatory damages does she now have?
1: $500,000. Half
0: half a million dollars, exactly. So the way I calculated my damages were were this. I looked at the actual tax bills I paid. I looked at the actual fair market value of my property today, as of today, because I don't know what it would be in four years from now, but for today I do. So if the county were to come and take my home away from me today, this would be my actual amount. And it was... My total actual damages was about $760,000. Okay. That's number one. Number two, because in my property tax suit, I'm claiming um, criminal violations under the RICO statute, racketeer influence, corrupt organization, right? Because they send you these tax bills through what? The United States mail. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The the statutory damages there now allow me to claim up to threefold my actual damages, so I can take seven hundred and sixty thousand times three, which is about two point two million dollars. Okay, that's the second. Now the third is the 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 kitten caboodle of them all, and it's punitive damages. Punitive damages, the sky is the limit, but oftentimes you got to have some type of an authority to fall back on. And in my suit here, it comes directly from Alphonse's property tax suit that you can claim up to 200 times actual damages as punitive damages uh, based off of a Supreme Court case that was, um, it was like, uh, I want to say it was one of these insurance companies that does property and, and homeowners insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out and said, yeah, no, 200, t- 200 times your actual damages are what you can claim. So in my case, In my property, the total damages that I can claim if I take this to federal court are almost $150 million. Does that make sense?
2: I'd go ahead and settle with you.
0: (laughs) You're a smart woman, Erica. Sometimes these people are so arrogant that they haven't got a freaking clue. So
2: well, they really think they're working for the government, they really exactly. do. They, they think don't what know they're, they're working doing. for corporations and horn the people. They don't know they're their own prison guards.
0: Yes, yes. They don't understand that their actions are not constitutional. Here, right. Here's what just makes me here's what makes me laugh. So I sent a records request to my county assessor, and I said, Hey, I, I need you to, to, to provide me a copy of the assessment for my property. Do you think he did? No. No. He says no. I don't have. A, I don't have that. that. Doesn't that doesn't exist? Not only that, he cited to me provisions of the Utah Constitution, which he clearly doesn't understand, because the Utah Constitution allows a property tax of all tangible property. But however, remember what must be going on on my property for any government to tax me.
2: Business. Business. There you go. That's been that's been registered and oh, it's, and there's, by the government.
0: There you is two hundred and forty-seven years of jurisprudence to back that up. That has never changed in the history of our country. There must be a business or commerce of some kind going on between the taxing entity and the taxpayer.
1: So you need an EIN.
0: Something. And here's the other problem too, and and this is something that Alphonse pointed out to me, is there must be a tax return associated with your property. There isn't. Mm
1: -mm. That doesn't exist.
0: Now, I'm getting off into a tangent here from from the overall theme of our show, but I wanted to show you guys this. So when I drop this packet off to them, I I have a nice little tort claim letter that's two pages and then basically says, hey, I've got a claim against the county. The facts supporting my position are all in this proposed lawsuit that's attached to this claim. I have my lawsuit. I have my exhibits. Um, and I said, in interest of time and fairness to the county, I am willing to settle this with you for 10% of my actual damages. Do You think they're going to do that? No. I'm hoping, but it's, it's unlikely they will. I'm probably going to be suing these, These a-holes in federal court too, but I'm giving them this option. And here's the other thing too, you guys, if you go, if you present a legitimate claim and you give them a way out and they refuse it, they have now just committed a federal crime because the insurance companies that insure them require that all legitimate claims be processed through them. And if they just choose not to, they've got some serious problems on their hands. So we will see what happens, but I will post in the affidavits group, the lawsuit I wrote up. I will post. Um, oh yeah. C to AZ. How can we see your tort claim? Um, I will post all of this in, in the group. I want to get this information out now in the unlikely event. They choose to pay the settlement and ask me to sign some type of a non-disclosure. Right. So I'm going to give you guys this. Cause Hey, what I did Prior to me signing the non-disclosure, I can't do anything about. Sorry. Right. Nothing I can do about that. So,
1: But that's so corrupt to begin with. Uh, I mean, they're, they're paying you off, basically. They are. If they, they ask are. you to pay a settlement and a non-disclosure, that's a bribe to keep your mouth shut.
0: And, and, it, and it really is.
1: That's a crime so, in itself as well.
0: So here here's the interesting thing, too, you guys. Like I said before, is every single county in every single state... And every part of this country is doing this. Do you really think they're going to want this information to, A, get public, and B, that you actually go to trial? Like, we've all been talking about Steve Emerson and how he negotiated almost a $40 million settlement. It was a property tax lawsuit like this one. And nobody can see the lawsuit because, again, this was back in the day before, you know, Steve really had... You know, before Telegram was as big as it is before we could share this information out prior to. But there's a reason why you can't find that, because that's part of those agreements is that they seal those court records, which, again, I take issue with that because the courts are supposed to be open to the public. But whatever I do, too. So
1: So you got to win your first one mm -hmm. and then you go again and you don't take the bribe (laughs) and then you have (laughs) the money to fight it out in the open.
0: Yeah, well, there's 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 any number of things, right? Mm-hmm. But this is why we do what we do. This is why I do what I do. I share everything. I'm full transparent, 100%. I share everything that I do with with, with everybody on my Telegram groups. Uh, Alphonse does the same with his. He posted his lawsuit. He has no problem sharing it. You know, and again, Randy says this all the time, and I do it as well. You know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. If, if you guys can take my lawsuit and use it to your benefit, do it. Like justice all she has to do is change her names and the names of the counties and she's off to the races cuz she's here in Utah. Yeah. Now Erica, she would she can take the same information but she's going to have to find the similar tax codes under Indiana law but she can still do the same thing. So, which brings me to the topic at hand. Mortgage fraud 2. Fraud by non-disclosure. What do I mean by that? Fraud by non-disclosure. What do you guys think?
2: leaving something out of like, cause it's supposed to be a meeting of the minds with full disclosure on both sides when mm-hmm. you come to a contract agreement. And if you didn't disclose something. Yes. Then that's the fraud of it. Cause you are agreeing to something that you didn't have the information for.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Like the, like the securities, what they're doing with the securities and mm-hmm. how they sell it over and over again. And, so there's without, without your knowledge, which is against the law as well.
0: Which is fraud by non disclosure. Exactly. So in in you know, again, full disclosure, I, I I never really had gotten into this part of the the lawsuit world with mortgages and fraud up with mortgages until you know justice came to me with her situation. Um and I, I still don't know a hundred percent here to be dangerous. Excuse me to be lethal. I know enough to be dangerous. Let me put it that way. Um,
1: well, it's just a matter of time, James.
0: Yeah. It's just a matter of time. You know, cause again, I've been, I've been up to my neck with everything I've been dealing with myself, with my own property tax things. You know, all it takes is one. Yeah. You right. get one of these, you get one of these to settle, you got a few million dollars in your bank account. Now you've got money that you can go fight these people with, which and is time. what I plan to do
1: uh-huh.
0: and time. So here's what we do, right? Again, death by a thousand paper cuts. So there's two ways you can go at this. You can go straight to the courts and try and file a lawsuit that way and try to get the courts to force your opponent's hand to give you information. Or you can do things administratively and then take that administrative stuff and couple it as your exhibits. So for those of you who are watching, I am sharing my screen here Justice knows this uh letter template because we got this from a mutual friend. Uh this is what is known as a qualified written request which is if you guys will look this up it's codified in federal law and it's under the real estate um RESPA Respa it stands for Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act. Okay? It's a uh, 12 USC 2605 for those of you guys who want to look that up. So, you have a right as a consumer to send a qualified written request of your mortgage servicer, your mortgage lender, the individual or the organization claiming to be the owner of your mortgage, and you can ask for information to verify and validate validate. I can't it's not even Friday, guys. I know. What's up with that? You I do don't right. know. I, I I feel like I just came back from the dentist or something. <laughs> Validate the debt. So, again, for those of you who are watching, I have up on the screen a qualified written request, and this is one that I sent to my existing mortgage servicer.
1: As did I. I. Send,
0: yep, Justice did as well. I we sent it no to. What's that? We got no response. You got nothing. Got Even nothing. better. So, even better, let me okay. give we're- you
1: a, a quick uh, just to share it with people. You all know I've been doing this for two years with my mortgage company who tried to extort me during COVID, which is how it started. When James and I were going back and forth sending letters to the liar, um, what's his name?
0: Nah, I don't even care,
1: Lundberg. Well, everyone should know those of you in Utah, Lundberg and Associates. Oh, yeah. Um, he told us he didn't own the mortgage. U.S. Bank owned the mortgage, right, mm-hmm. James? We've mm-hmm. gotten that far. U.S. U- Bank. U.S.
0: Bank Trust, and it was some, it was some VRMTG ABCDE UK. I don't know asset of some kind.
1: Right. Yes. Well, we went through two lawsuits, and we were under the assumption still that U.S. Bank owned the mortgage until yep. we sent this letter, and they yep. sent me back a letter saying they didn't own the, own the mortgage. So it's all by non-disclose. We're going in a circle, and we have no idea who owns the mortgage. And he's pointing us back to Shellpoint, who yep. is the servicer, saying they have the authority to do it all, but no one's going to disclose who actually owns it. Yeah, We're unbelievable. So two years, it's unbelievable. So we to believe it's U.S. Bank, and then U.S. Bank sends us a letter. I send it to James. They don't own it.
0: Yep. Here's what's interesting about this letter, you guys. And again, I, I will be happy to post this in Affidavits 101 into our file section. You guys take it and use it. This is this is the administrative process. So what we did is we said, okay, and I sent this exact same letter to, to in my case, I sent it to three people. You can't see my fingers. Three people sent it to the original mortgage originator. So that's who I signed documents with. I sent it to the company claiming to be the mortgage servicing now, which is different from the first one. And then I also sent it to the company that claims to own my loan. And I have no problem sharing this Fannie Mae. I got a notice in the mail that says Fannie Mae bought my loan. Okay, great. So I sent it to those three agencies. I got one response. Two of them just decided to ignore me. The one response I got was from the mortgage servicing company, which is MNT Bank. They're out of Texas, I think. Or I don't know. I don't really care. They basically sent me a letter back that said, um, we feel that a lot of the things you have in there don't warrant a response. And so we're not going to respond to it. And this is where I'm at. Well, let's see how well that works out for you. (laughs) That's what what I got. Randy, you know if it's Randy, he's like, well, let's see how well that works out for you, Bubba. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of information we've asked in here. So this without going through this entire letter because it's it's pretty in de- in depth, the the meat and potatoes are this that we're asking. I'm requesting clarification for my understanding of the various sales transfers, funding source, legal and beneficial ownership, charges, debits, transactions, reversals, actions, payments, analysis, and records relating to the servicing of this account from its origination to the present date. Specifically, I wish to identify the obligee of my debt, the existence of which I do not dispute. Okay, so we are not disputing the existence of the debt. What we are disputing We don't know who owns it. That's what we're disputing.
1: And and has the right to collect on it.
0: Exactly. However, I do dispute the amount of principal that is currently stated as due. The reason for that dispute is this. A, there is no evidence of a transaction in which my debt was purchased and sold. Because there isn't. Now, in my case, when I look at my county recorder's website and i look at the documents that have been recorded against my property there is nothing there nothing there to show that a sale has taken place that someone's assigning the different things of my deed of trust to someone else there's nothing
1: well the only thing is a warranty deed but it's ten dollars
0: exactly exactly okay So I'm requesting you provide me with that information that shows the purchase and sale of the debt, not just the paper instrument of an assignment. Right. B, to whom are my payments forwarded? That is, when you receive payments on my account, whom do you pay? Because again, remember, the company that's taking the payments from from my bank account, that's not who actually owns my loan. They're just servicing the loan. Okay, so who are you sending the money to? I have a right to know that. I also asked on letter C, in as much as there has been many claim transactions involving my debt, I wish to know if and how you are authorized to administer, collect, or enforce my debt. You, You can see how detailed this gets. Letter D, are the records of your company the same as the records for the claim beneficiary or mortgagee? If there are differences, please describe the records of the obligee of the debt and your own records, okay? All of this, you guys, is backed by federal law. You have a right to ask for this. And again, I'm going to post this in the Affidavits 101 group. You guys can read it on your own. I have no problem, nothing to hide. Um, Here's the thing. They must respond within five days that they got the letter and they have 30 days to fully respond. If they choose not to do that, they are, they are now susceptible to $1,000 in damages for every single time. $4,000 here, according to the Truth in Lending Act. Okay. And if, you,
1: and if you scroll down, what we had started asking for is requested again under number one, if you go down past D and E. Double sided certified true and accurate copy of my original promissory note, et cetera.
0: And that's, all assignments of the security yeah. instrument.
1: And that's what we started asking for. And they just keep sending us not a certified copy, but a Xerox copy of. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. I mean, so, cert- yeah. just so everyone knows, a certified copy is nothing more than someone swearing under penalty of perjury that they have the original documentation that what you're seeing is the same documentation that you signed when you closed on the loan.
1: So a wet signature.
0: Exactly. Not not necessarily a wet signature. No. No, it can still be a copy of the documentation. But what I'm saying is someone from a human being from whatever company is servicing your mortgage swears under the penalty of perjury that they have the original documentation. That's what I'm saying that what they have is a true and accurate copy of the original documentation. So the reason why we state it like that is because the courts have come back and said, this whole show me the note theory doesn't work. We're not buying that. But you do have a right to seek the a, a, a certified copy of it. And that if they want to come into court and say that they have standing to foreclose on you, then they're going to have to be able to prove that. Now, again, that's a story for another day. We've talked about that before. I'm just talking about Death by a thousand paper cuts.
1: Well, isn't that? I mean, I have issue with that because under contract law, you have to have the wet signature. So, for them to make up another law, statute, or something to defend that or the lack of that uh, is a problem. I think it's unconstitutional because and it is,
0: law. it is because it does it violates your your right to contract,
1: mm-hmm.
0: plain and simple. And yeah. that's an argument yeah. that we can have and I we know. we should have. So many but we haven't people. been able we, we haven't been able to because we can't. Anyway, I, I don't want to get off into the weeds yep, here, but yep. um again, the purpose of a letter like this is to put them on their heels. Now, I'm not saying that you stop paying your mortgage. I'm not saying you do any of that. Keep making your payments. But you yep. have a you have a right to ask for this information. So, what do you think I got what do you guys think I got back? Nothing. Um I did. I a did slack get a packet. This big. I got let's see. I got this packet here. It's about that big. Okay. So the first two pages is really the only information that, I mean, everything else I already had. (laughs) So they sent me a copy, not a certified copy, but just a copy of the promissory note.
1: Right.
0: Okay. They sent that to me. They sent me a copy of the deed of trust. Again, not a certified copy. Right. But a copy.
1: This is what I got.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let me see what else I've got here. they no, sent I got no
1: accounting information, even though we yeah. asked
0: for it. Nope. They sent me the um the notice where they they took over as my mortgage servicing company. Um the
1: but... without your knowledge or consent, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes they, they do the, I just
2: recently signed one. Right. And they did list that they could do that.
0: In yeah, my and, and, and they do. So here's, here's something else too, that people need to understand. They have every right to, to sell the note. They have every right to a, assign the note to someone else, mm-hmm. but you have a right to know the details of that transaction. Right. Because what's to say, all right, let me, let me back it up this way. What's to say you take out a mortgage for a hundred thousand dollars. You make one payment, the company that gave you the $100,000, again, that's a story for another day, the company that gave you the $100,000 turns around and sells that to somebody else, and now you're supposed to pay someone else. All right, well, did they sell it for $100,000? Did they sell it for $150,000? What are the details of that transaction? I have a right to know that, because what if, what if... They sold that note for $70,000. Well, now they're writing off $30,000. So why am I expected to pay that if they sold it for less than what I took it out for? Right? Yes.
1: It's, it's according to the law, not all the statutes that they color it with on top of the true constitutional law. It's against the law for them to enter into contract with, uh, with you involved without your knowledge. And when you mm-hmm. sell something, it's a contract. So every time they sell it and you've not been notified that they're going to do so and you not authorize it, that's technically they're breaking the law. Yeah. Because they also change the rates. They also change all kinds of things that you didn't agree to in your first contract
0: exactly we all
1: just let it roll over us because it's our mortgage we want to keep our house they live us put us in fear but it's all illegal
0: yeah we don't we we don't we don't do enough to stand up to this this madness diesel for the people well diesel for we the people (laughs) says it great if you stopped making payments it gives them standing and lawyers will tell you to stop making your payments and then also Good, good on you, Diesel. P.S. I'm not an attorney giving legal advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good for you, Diesel. Neither are we. <laughs> neither are we.
1: <laughs> but,
0: but guess who did give me legal advice?
1: The guess who did?
0: No, these morons that replied back to my request. Oh, guess what they said? It. They said, in no uncertain terms, we note your written demands contain numerous requests for admissions slash denials and documentation purportedly made under the authority of provisions of federal and state laws and regulations. Your reliance on these laws and regulations is inopposite. What? 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 Really? You're getting me legal advice now? Okay. Accordingly, please be advised that our response to your demands should not be construed as an admission or denial of any fact or circumstance beyond the information contained in this letter. Furthermore m t bank does not authorize any party to exercise any of its rights under the mortgage documents you had executed unless authorized in a legal document executed by an authorized officer or direct of m and bank. Okay. So all that information I asked for, they gave me a sliver of what I was asking for. Oh, and guess who was stupid enough to put a name on this letter? Miss Eileen Colon, mm. mortgage customer support, retail loan servicing. So now I have a name of someone that I can sue mm-hmm. <laughs> if I ever get enough time to do another suit. So,
1: so, so, so explain that in more detail, James. They're telling you that what you're asking for, the laws that you're standing by, are not valid.
0: Yeah, basically, they're they're basically saying. We know you're citing federal laws, but your reliance on those laws is um, um, unfounded.
1: We don't honor them.
0: Exactly. Holy
1: guacamole. You have that in writing.
0: I do. Right here. That's astounding. (laughs) So what do we do, people? What can we do? Again, death by a thousand paper cuts. So I I can, and I think I will when I get the time, I'm going to send a follow-up letter saying, hey, Thanks for replying to my request. However, um, I will go ahead and just disregard the legal advice you were giving me because it doesn't look like you're an attorney and that's practicing law without a license, which is illegal in all states. We use the laws when it it benefits us people. (laughs) (laughs) So you're practicing law without a license and um, I have made the proper authorities aware of that just so you're, you're just so you know. Um, And no, my reliance on these laws is not in opposite. You are required to provide me this information. This is your second and final opportunity to do so. If you choose not to, then there will be consequences. And I'm not going to say it like that, but you guys get where I'm coming at. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are we talking about here with these consequences? What do we mean? What can we do?
1: Well, um, I don't know. That's a great question because they chose not to respond to me. So that's the, that's my stopping point right now is they chose not to respond to me. And I had
2: two different ones. One didn't respond at all and said that my requests were ridiculous. And the other one sent me a stack this big that I still haven't had time to go through with the move. So.
0: Okay. So the moron that said your response was ridiculous. Um, they don't get to make that choice. Right. That's not a choice that they get to make. <laughs> They're required to re- to comply with it. Because, again, you have to be able to go in and and, and articulate. If you have to take this to court, you got to be able to articulate that you sent a qualified written request and they chose to ignore it or they didn't comply with it that the law compels them to do. Randy says it the best. You know, he's, he talks about the public servants and he says, you know, I love my public servants like I love my grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren, but Randy does. He said, I will never ask them to do anything that the law does not compel them to do. But you don't ever ask a public servant, or in this case, these people servicing your loan, to do anything that you actually want them to do. (laughs) because it gets them in trouble Mm -hmm. so the law compels them to do it they chose not to do it you now have a cause of action you can sue them so there is um if you guys go and search in the affidavits group 101 there is a there is a book a pdf book it was written by a guy named george tran have you guys heard of his name george tran The bank, the the title of the document is How I Lawfully Claimed Three Houses Free and Clear. Mm. He talks about the administrative procedures process. Okay. You send them the first request. The second request is going to state just that second request for documentation and proof of claim. You need to prove you have the authority to do what you're doing. This is your last and final offer you get 21 days as a courtesy what are they what do you do if they don't what do you do at that point if they don't provide you that information (coughs) that's a great question i'd like to know so you will send them a notice of default and a cease and desist where have we seen that before notice of default justice
1: (laughs) oh in our Suit. Didn't they
0: file a notice of default when you didn't, quote unquote, follow the terms of the agreement? Uh huh. So why don't we get to do that? We do. Right. The answer is we do.
1: I think okay. Shellpoint thinks because we withdrew the lawsuit that the qualified written request didn't matter. No, th- I know. No, it, I it think does. That's what they thought.
0: That that is he, exactly what they thought. He's so the, the one that what,
1: came back and said you got a hundred something requests. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah, and that was for your. To,
0: That was for your request for production and request for admissions. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, in this case, you're going to send them a notice of default. And basically, the notice of default is one page. This is what it says. Dear bank of so-and-so, thank you for your recent response to my qualified written request for proof of claim. Your copy of the note was not what I had asked for as required by law, and I am hereby notifying you that you have exhausted your administrative remedy your inability and unwillingness to stipulate that you are a a note holder of due course b a creditor of the instrument as you can have as you can and have not provided generally accepted accounting principles book entry debit evidence of the transaction or c a wet ink signature original note as required by law you have violated the requirements of the truth in lending act and by your actions provided prima facie evidence that you are attempting to collect money on the basis of fraud. I have filed this notice of default, cease and desist notice, and a new deed of trust on this property with the such and such county recorder's office. You no longer have any claims over my property. You are hereby ordered to cease and desist. You have three days to contest this notice or forever release your claim. Have a nice day.
1: So what's the new deed of trust?
0: So here's what's interesting, guys. When you sign your documentation, one of the documents you're required to sign is a deed of trust. Now, who's the trustee in a deed of trust?
2: The bank. The
0: notary? Who's, okay. Yeah, the bank is the de- is the trustee. Who's the owner of the trust?
1: Supposed to be you, isn't
0: the it? Bank. It is. Nope, it's not supposed to be. It is you. Oh guess what you can do as the owner of the trust you can assign a substitute trustee do you guys know that
1: no hmm. you
0: can assign a substitute trustee somebody you know and trust it has to be someone that's that's not part of the actual trust itself so it can't be like your spouse or one of your kids but it could be your good friend justice yeah <laughs> or James. my good or my good friend Erica Mm -hmm. What do we do? We we direct the, as the owner of the trust, we direct the substitute trustee to do things. And that's where you're talking about, you filed a new deed of trust where you're eliminating the alleged owner of the note as the beneficiary and assigning a new beneficiary.
1: Have you done this yet?
0: Haven't done it yet, but I will.
1: So now tell me, James. Also, there's the issue of um, you're listed, I don't remember which document, but you're listed as a tenant. And a tenant is someone who rents, not an owner. Yeah. So that may be not in the, involved in this topic. No, no. It, and it and that,
0: that doesn't, and that's not true. You are not the tenant. You own your property, the property is yours. The deed of trust that you sign and where you grant. The bank is the beneficiary, and usually the title company that you close with is the trustee. Until anything changes, um, the reason the reason why it's set up that way is there's a clause in the deed of trust that says if you don't pay, they can force you to sell your property. That's essentially what that is. Okay, okay. so <clears throat> what? <clears throat> so what? What we're going to talk about and what we do then is. We do this through. That's that's the administrative. Rep. And in this in this case, guys, you never step foot or file any documentation into a courthouse at all. This is all done administratively. So you're, you're gonna take your you're gonna take your notice of default and cease and desist. You're gonna record that at your county. You're gonna take your new deed of trust. Where and and again, I'm I'm I don't I don't tell anyone to do anything that I haven't done myself or that I'm not going to do myself. So I'm, again, not legal advice. I'm not telling you guys what to do. I'm not an attorney. Thank the Lord above. Um, But I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to give these people the opportunity to do the right thing. And if they choose not to, after I go through this, okay, this is your notice. Cease and desist. Stop collection activities from me. I'm going to send a notice over to my bank to stop allowing them to withdraw money from my bank account. Now they're probably going to send some type of a bad credit rating. Oh, guess what? I'm going to send to the credit rating. I'm going to send copies of all the documentation where I asked for all of this stuff because there's this pesky federal law called the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act that requires them to give me this information. You see how these things are put into place to protect us?
1: Yes. And, and we had a judge who chose to dismiss all this information. We did. He said, he said that affidavit was all over the place and he just under his breath, basically yeah. dismissed it.
0: Yeah. Again, that's what I'm saying is, is it's hit or miss in these, in these trial courts, mm-hmm. It's hit or miss. You know, if you're going to take it to that point, you have to be willing to take it to the next level, which is to the circuit courts of appeals. Cause we are seeing rulings at that level where they are grounded in fact. And in the natural law, God's law, not the laws of men, but that's a process and it takes a lot of time. And that's something justice didn't have. She didn't have time. So this is the process that I'm going through. Um, Once I am through some of these other things I'm working on, I will type up my second request to this bank. I'll send it certified mail. I keep track of all this information. Because if 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 I do end up taking this to court, I have the paper trail. And courts, these trial courts, if you can go in there and say, hey, I tried to do everything in my power to take care of this administratively. They chose to ignore me. This is my last resort. How are they going to defend against, well, wait a minute. You received this qualified written request. The law compels you to comply with it. Why did you not do that? What's your answer?
2: Who who originates the second deed of trust? You do. How how do you how do you do that? How do you?
0: Um, it, it's it's pretty simple. Like I said, I I will I will go through this myself. Okay. And I will type up a deed of trust and I will post it in the group so everybody has it. Um, and you guys can look at it. I mean, it's it's that simple. All it is 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 you're going to receive. So <clears throat> there's again, read. Read this document how I lawfully claimed three houses free and clear. It's saved in our affidavits 101 group under the um, and I'm just going to double check real quick. Just repost under it. Could you just repost it?
1: And there's that yeah. guy I think I sent you that uh, that guy I forget the name of his YouTube channel, but he also reclaimed his home. It's on YouTube, remember? I posted it in our group. Yeah, um, yep.
0: Um, oh, you know what? It's not in here, but I'm going to add it right now. So let me just do that. I am going to download a copy of it. Okay. Um, I'm going to add this into our, um, into our telegram group right now. So it's there. Boom. There you go. It's there. This is this is a guy who did, who's done this. Um, his web, he has a website on there, but it's not a valid website. I think somebody caught on to what he was doing and they said, we don't want you putting this information out, <laughs> but it, it doesn't, it doesn't Wait, change. Say it again. So he has a website called free and clear in 90.com. But when you go to that website, there's nothing there. So, um, I, I think that somebody may have caught on to what he was doing and, told him you, we can't let this information get out. So you need to stop. <laughs> I'm speculating there. So, but I'm gonna find the, the information that's the, the information that's in here is very good. He wrote this. Uh, when was this written? Does it say 2010? So this is not new. Wow. This is 13 years old. Okay. But it's pretty simple. So what happens at that point, um, after you've done all of these things, You get what's called a deed of full reconveyance where they reconvey the property back over to you. And then nobody has any claims against the property. And that's what you do after you've done all of those steps.
1: Can I share the channel that is on YouTube still?
0: Um, Yeah, go ahead. This,
1: this, this guy has done this successfully as well. And his channel is still up. It's um, the name of his YouTube channel is called stand strong the black icon with like gold stand strong. And he talks about notice of default, notice of intent and all, all these things James is talking about. So he got his property reconveyed as well.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's basically a put up or shut up method and see these, these, these servicing companies and everybody else, they're, they're banking on the fact that the average everyday American doesn't know this doesn't have the time to do this doesn't want to be bothered with this because what are, what are we as American people generally we're easy going go along to get along just leave me alone and I'll be I'll do my thing you know and that's that's the the problem that we've gotten ourselves into recently is we have just decided to go along to get along and so the bad actors in the world have overplayed their hand on that going oh they, they'll just do it because we tell them they will stay home because we tell them they yes. will take an experimental drug because we tell them Yes. they will not do these things because we say it's in their best interest to do it. Well, they, I'm here to tell you people, they have overplayed their hand and we're showing it right now. So when I'm saying fraud by non-disclosure, this is what I'm talking about. They are choosing not to tell you where your money's going. They're choosing not to tell you what fees you paid for at closing. That's another method you can go through that Randy talks about where if you guys look at your settlement statements, have you guys noticed this? You just closed on your property recently, right, Erica? Yeah. So on your HUD one settlement statement, look at lines 700 through lines 1400. All of those fees and charges are supposed to be paid in full at closing. And then whatever you took out your financing for is what will be financed. But what they do is they tack it on and you're paying interest and principal on all of those fees that is not allowed by federal law, but they, they just don't disclose it to you. Mm-mm. So,
2: you don't know enough to ask about it. So, it's it, like our, they're praying off of our ignorance.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, think about that scam of interest. I mean, if you even if you talk about like a credit card, right? They take, uh, let's say they charge you $85 for your fees, your interest. Mm-hmm. They're Mm -hmm. putting that, they're putting that $85 into your whole note and charging you interest on it again.
0: Yep. 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 It's so true. So true. So, so again, um, you guys, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of this show, I want to empower you with the tools that you need to do these things. So I'm going to post Um, Matter of fact, I've got it right here. As soon as we end the episode, I will post in the group the qualified written request template you guys can use. Um, I will post anything else that I do so you guys can have that information at your fingertips. I'm going to post my property tax suit that I just wrote. Have at it, you guys. Have fun with it. Okay? With that, that's what I had to share today. Wow, look at that. We're keeping the show under an hour and a half. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) I know. Yeah. Erica, for those of you listening, you can't see where she was going the whoop, whoop. <laughs> so anything, anything, any uh, closing thoughts or anything you guys want to share before we wrap things up?
2: I'm just always a fan of reminding everyone that if you're living in honor and doing no harm, you're never really committing any crimes at all. So all these weirdo things that people make up to make things crime and punishable. Yeah. They're not, it's just stuff they're making up.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's the truth. It's like, we don't go into these situations looking for a way out. I didn't go get a mortgage on my property with the intent to not pay it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Okay. I didn't go asking for someone to give me money to purchase a home with the intent of not being willing to pay it and keep my home. That That's not, that's not what we do. But the purpose, of what I'm trying to say is, is that I am not going to be paying any more than I agreed to pay. Right. And if you're trying to hide something from me, if you're trying to get away with a little extra on the top or whatever the case may be, okay, now I've got an issue with that. And now the law says I have a remedy and that remedy is that I can rescind my loan and I can keep my property. So that's what I plan on doing.
1: Right. Right. And I Either. I I'm I, I agree a hundred percent. And you know me that I mean my name is Justice for a reason. I always want to yeah. remind people to seek justice. Stop letting yeah. these people get away with it. Right. The it laws were maybe an honor. The laws were written to protect us and they've been hidden and they've been buried mm-hmm. with all these pseudo-make-believe laws that legislators didn't even create. Yeah. yeah. And we're being screwed and extorted for it.
0: Yeah. Yep, Can you know.
1: Stand up.
0: Diesel hits the nail on the head again. We expect them not to lie. LOL. <laughs> yep. It's the truth. We do. Right. So I mean, yeah, this this is our this, our show, the Justice Revolution. It's not actually my show. It's Justice's show. <laughs> no. But it, you you guys know where I'm coming from here. The, this is why we do what we do. Okay.
1: This is, this is James's show. This, it's our this show. Is, we all do it together.
0: It, it's all of us. Yes. It's a and people's I, show. It is the it is the show for we the people. So hence the banner behind my head. So mm-hmm. anyway, you guys, thank you so much. Like I mentioned earlier, we will not be doing a broadcast next week. I've got um, some personal matters to attend to. We'll be back the following week. We'll figure it out. We'll get some more more shows. Um, I, you know, each week as I come and and do a show, I, I'm thinking of things to talk about. I'm running out of things to talk about pretty quick. <laughs> so if you guys have a situation or something you want to know more about, or anything there you want to go through a process or this or that, drop us a line, either in the comments section of any of our YouTube and Rumble or shoot videos, or jump over onto Telegram and shoot a message in the chat uh, on under Affidavits One Hundred One. Um, let us know, and 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 I will take you know if you're willing to come on as a guest, I'd love to have you guys on. I want this to be an interactive. Uh, show one where we can truly help people through the things that are going through. So um, I see Jen G just posted. She's about ready to come on the show. I, I, I appreciate that Jen. And we look forward to having you in a few weeks. So um, I do want to put a little plug out there on Friday, the 23rd, Randy has invited me to be on the rule of law radio. So I will be on with him and with um, Brett Fountain who goes by be free in, in a lot of these groups. So looking forward to that.
1: So James, you always post the links after you go on the show. Maybe you could post it before so that we could join in. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Again, this is the Rule of Law Radio, so it's a nationally syndicated radio show. Right. Right. Um um but the the website is the Rule of uh, Rule of Law Radio.com and you have all the links to the radio and everything there. Um I'm, I don't remember exactly if it's Alexis or someone else who takes an archived copy of it and posts it into Telegram.
1: Alexis, I believe, does. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Alexis, God bless you for what you do. (laughs) We really do appreciate you. So um, I'm pretty sure uh, you you can find a lot of those episodes there. So, but anyway, with that, you guys, God bless you all. We thank you so much, and we will catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Take care.
1: Okay, bye, y'all. Nice to see you, Erica. Good to see you, Nissa. Bye. Bye.